Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Hagty. Today, I'm joined by MemberSpace co-founder, Ward Sandler. How are you today, Ward? Hey everybody, I'm good, Stephen. Lovely to have you here. And uh, thanks for joining me, even though things are going a little bit mental over in the States. Mm-hmm. Oh, the world in general, to be fair. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a that. worldwide event, but yeah, definitely yeah, in the States it, for sure. It is. Uh, you guys are getting most of the news coverage out from here, I think. Yeah. Um, but listen, member space, right? So you, you're co-founder of member space. Give me just an overview. Imagine I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. Give me an overview of what member space does. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I describe it is basically it can turn any part of your existing website into members only in like mm-hmm. just a few clicks is the idea. So you don't need to be a developer. You don't need to be super technical. Literally just click, click, click. Tell us your website URL. Tell us which pages on your site you want to protect and how much you want to charge for access. And then, boom, just kind of magically works. Easy. Mm-hmm. Almost too easy. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> So let's go back to the right beginning of the story. You guys were founded in 2015. So tell me the story about how you, how many co-founders are there? Is it just one or two? Uh, it's me and my uh, my partner, Ryan, has been we, been with me uh, since the jump. Amazing. So talk to me about how Members Space got started. What were those conversations like? What were you struggling to see in the market that thought, and you thought, you know what, this will solve that? Yeah. So yeah, Member Space has been around since 2015, but... To get the true story, we kind of have to go back in time a little bit to like around 2011, 2012, when me and Ryan were doing consulting. Um, you know, nothing, nothing particularly amazing about it. It was uh, web design, web development. We made some e-commerce stores. We made some custom software applications. We kind of did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, we started to hone that down. And around around 2015, 2014, we started to yeah. focus exclusively on just building like simple marketing websites. Um, and that was it. That's all we did. And we were using Squarespace, uh, the, the website building platform exclusively for that. So we just kind of, we were kind of doing everything and anything, big budgets, small budgets. Then we just kind of focused and said, okay, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. Like a, a productized service um, of let's build a website cost, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars $2,000. And then there's a $99 a month uh, support package you could purchase. And so that, that's what we were doing. And it was going really well. Um, it gave us stable revenue for the first time, which just as a little aside for anyone who's doing consulting out there, I really, really strongly recommend to figure out a way to do productized consulting, not yeah. just every project you got to figure out everything from uh, like fresh instead, like here's what we offer or here are the tiers of what we offer. Here's what it includes. Here's what it doesn't include. And then the big thing is to have some kind of recurring component to it. This way, you're, you don't have to go hunting every month for new business, which mm. can be a nightmare. Um, that's that's and, the soul-destroying part of it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and and it's just like impossible to like plan your business when you don't know how much money is coming in. Yeah. So you're like, oh, should I hire another person? I don't know. Maybe we'll get more projects. <laughs> Maybe we won't. And then just like it's just like this horrible it's pure feast and famine. Yeah, yeah. It's like a roller coaster, like emotional roller coaster is what I, how I call it. Um, but yeah, so that was going pretty well. And then um, while we were doing that we kind of started getting inquiries from our clients and prospects to be like, hey, I need a website, but also I wanted to have membership functionality. And we were just like, well, you can't do that on Squarespace. There just isn't a way to do that well. Um, and they would just be like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and then eventually we kept hearing it enough that we you know, started Googling. And there were a couple 
not good quality options out there. And we were like, eh, I don't, I don't want to recommend this to the client I don't trust it. Um, so we were just like, sorry, there's just not an option. And we heard it, we kept hearing it. And then eventually I was like, all right, this is getting a little crazy. Um, and so I, I went to the Squarespace forum and, uh, as, as the tale goes, I, uh, went to the forum and, and sorted by, um, most voted topics, which you could do in the forum. I think, I think it was like a discourse forum maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, they don't all have this obviously, but Squarespace did. And so it was like the top three topic was how to add membership functionality to Squarespace. And then, um, you know, I was like, whoa, that's kind of interesting of all the things posted here. That's like the number three. Um, cause Squarespace is an enormous platform that, you know, millions yeah. of customers. Why weren't they doing it already? Well, I'll get, I can get to that in a second, but <laughs> basically, uh, we, you know, we saw like a hundred thousand plus people had voted for this topic and viewed it. And I was just like, Oh boy. And I just read through all of that, like every single comment, which was like hundreds and hundreds. Um, and just kind of realized, yeah, the, the solutions that I had found that weren't good quality, that's all that really existed. There wasn't mm -hmm. something I didn't know about. And people agreed with me that they weren't good solutions, but they were still paying for them because they're like, I need something. Is there any option? It's the only game in town. And so we're like, okay, I think there's a pretty obvious opportunity here. Um, I don't, I'm not guessing if this, you know, so uh, that's when we kind of initially said, all right, let's just build an MVP and just get something out there, um, which I, I can dive into more depending on how much detail you want. But uh, to quickly go back to your question about why didn't Squarespace build it? Yeah. Um, they still don't have it, by the way. Um, and, and we're all the way <laughs> it's because in, uh, your product is so good. They're just like, we yeah. don't need it anymore. Yeah, that must be it. Um, <laughs> no, I think, again, I don't know. But my my theory is that memberships are only a small percentage of what their customer base needs. Like, you, got, sure. you think about Squarespace, right? Most people building a website there, maybe they have e-commerce, maybe not. But it's generally marketing, marketing and business websites. They're not. Yeah. That's not what, like, it's just not for memberships. Most when people, they originally started, they targeted like photography, arty type people. Yeah. You know, that being said, I think a lot more people are moving to memberships every month than there were the month before, but especially back then, um, it's just not as popular. So I think it's just for Squarespace, when they build features, I think they need to think about, you know, 80 20 rule. Like, if we're going to spend time on something, it's got to be helpful to the vast majority of our customers yeah. just because they have such a huge, you know, ship that they have to keep afloat. So um, that's, that's my theory as far as why they haven't yeah. done it yet. But for sounds, us, sounds you know, like, yeah, like even a small percentage of Squarespace customers is a huge market. <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay. You're looking at that 100,000 thumbs up liking mm -hmm. on that forum going, oh, there, every single one of those is, is a potential customer. Yeah, exactly. It's a, let, let's jump into the MV, MVP then. I mean, just because you asked me about it, whether you can go into detail, makes me intrigued about it. <laughs> so you came up with the idea, you read the comments, you thought, okay, let's create this. Let's let's fill this void. So how did you start going about that? Yeah, so um, again, because we had like that software background, we knew how to make things with Ruby on yeah. Rails. Um, so we, after reading through the comments, and you know, I always have to give a bit of a hat tip to uh, Amy Hoy of Thirty by Five Hundred. Um, she has a, a technique called a sales safari, um, which, if you could boil it down, it's basically what I did, which is you're looking for public data of people complaining about something, a problem they're having, and then what solutions they're recommending, what kind of words they're using, what kind of emotions they're describing, and from that you can gather what you need to build. Like, yeah. uh, you know, so if, if, if you, if I said, oh, people need membership functionality, you probably assume that means some kind of recurring 
charge, right? Sure. For access to something. But that's actually not what most people wanted when, when I was looking at the forum. And they I want the private needed. privacy side. Yeah. They really all they really at the end of the day, the core thing that they needed was I need to, I want to collect someone's email address in order for them to get access to this page. Yeah. That's all they that's all they that's all they, they wanted. Super simple need. Yeah. Um they a lot of them also wanted to charge, but the that that was enough of a seed. And by reading the comments, I knew that I didn't, I didn't think that and then verified it with the comments. I yeah. came to the comments with a sort of blank slate, read everything, which is not fun work. Which is why you can't automate this. You have to just do it. Um, and you just kind of read through it and, and you just see this very clear pattern that people are like, I just wish I could do this. I just wish I could do that. And then it's just like, Oh, okay. Almost everyone's saying I need, I just want to collect an email address. So mm -hmm. that's what we built first. Just collect an email address to get access to certain pages on the site. And that's all it did at first. That was the MVP. At what point did you think, one, it's working, and two, oh, let's now evolve this. And I suppose a question for later on in this conversation, when did it become the main thing for you two? Yeah, so, you know, it worked pretty quickly. Like we got like 100 people signed up for the beta. We didn't charge anything. We got 100 people pretty quick, I, I want to say, in like less than a month. Um, nice. And we were like, okay, cool. Like that was neat. And then people kept signing up. Uh, and the obvious, uh, there was a lot of obvious features that people were asking for. Like, you know, I want to integrate with my email marketing. I need to export members, you know, uh, on and on and on. And then obviously I want to charge for access yeah. to those pages. So it became pretty clear what we need to do next. It wasn't like uh, a guess. Uh, and that's kind of the nice part when you first start software is it's pretty obvious what you got to do next. You, you'll, you'll hear it. Um, once you get to the stage we're at now, it's less obvious what you should build next because mm -hmm. a lot of people are asking for lots of different things. So you know, it's not like oh, definitely do this. So yeah, um, we we and we were we've always uh, used member space to run member space. So we didn't charge anyone money until our customers had the ability to charge their members for money. If that makes Got sense, yeah, yeah. So um, that didn't happen until like April of so we launched at the end of 2015. April 2016 is when we, you know, uh, had our integration with Stripe and the ability to charge a recurring. You want to charge it yourself. Yeah, and that's when we started charging. <laughs> and, Amazing. Uh, yeah. At that point, when you know you start charging, people are taking up on this. People are signing up. You're moving into that stability of income that we spoke about earlier. Was there that conversation between two of you going, okay, this is this is going to be our full time gig. This is what's going to take over. Yeah, I mean, we were growing pretty quick, you know, a thousand, two thousand on net each month for the first few months. And so we were like, oh, wow, this is very quickly catching up to the Squarespace uh, consulting business mm -hmm. revenue. Um, and yeah, I mean, within within the first within a year, we were like, yeah, this is for sure got to be our main focus. The, the tricky part with with launching software and any, you know, any kind of software as a service type business SaaS is you're not going to make enough money right away to not do <laughs> other things like consulting to pay the bills. It's not, yeah. you don't just get to magically. Even when you're making money, that yeah. still isn't enough money. Yeah. The uh, slow SaaS ramp of death, it's called. If you want to Google that, there's a good video on it. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, it takes a while to for, for SaaS to get to the point where it's making enough money that yeah. you don't need to do anything else. And so you have to do two things at once. So you can't fully focus on the product. Um, but yeah, I'd say it took us about a year to get to the point where we're like, all right, this is really the full-time focus. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it took about two years before we stopped taking on any new consulting clients and just kind of maintained our legacy yeah. clients because they were still paying us monthly. 
we had a support team that could handle the, su the support and the member space support at the same time. And so we kind of did this hybrid model for a while. And now at, at this point, we're definitely 100% member space. We don't do any consulting whatsoever anymore, but it takes a while to get there. And that's, yeah. I think a lot of SaaS companies, a lot of people don't maybe realize that about SaaS companies is that a lot of them are doing consulting for a while, probably longer than you think mm -hmm. until they're like fully focused on it. When, when you were, re let's rewind a little bit. When you were reading those comments, and you saw the need, did you know that you were going to create a SaaS company? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know what else it could possibly be. We were just like, yeah, we there's so software would solve this problem for sure. Um, and we've always known about SaaS. Like we were big fans of Basecamp and 37 yeah. Signals and that that whole crew. And, and the, the business model of SaaS is, you know, very enticing. You know, the idea of people paying you a recurring revenue every month generally not canceling and then that just compounds each month it's like yeah that's a business dream so that's we always you yeah you always want to we always were kind of looking for a way to have SaaS, and we had attempted projects in the past that definitely failed um mm -hmm. but uh, you're not a true entrepreneur if you haven't done that that's exactly exactly i yeah, know no one just gets up the bat and hits a home run the first time um exactly. but yeah it, it 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 was always something we wanted to do and this was the first time we actually put all of our learning into an ex into execution, the sales safari, um, listening to what people are actually looking for, building just the minimum, and then iterating on that quickly. And that, that that's yeah. how we actually created something that worked. Amazing. So over the last four four years since you guys sort of put, went full time in it, not doing consultancy, how has the business grown then? Because I know it's not it's no longer just you two. <laughs> You've grown outside of this. So talk me about the growth about member space. Yeah. Um, at this point. Let's see. We have me, Ryan. We have three full-time support reps. Uh, this is where you forget half the team. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We we just hired two senior Rails developers too within the last month, and then we have four other full-time Rails developers. We have a full-time DevOps. We have a part-time DevOps. Nice. And I'm we have a full-time marketing person. Team. What's that? I'm guessing it's all virtual as well. Yeah, we're 100 percent remote. 100 percent remote. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're like, yeah, we're like 12, 12 full time bodies right now that just focus right. on member space. So, from a founder's point of view, how have you adjusted to your role changing from just being you and your partner to now running a team of twelve? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different than when you first start. Like when we first started, I did all the support. You know. Um, you did yeah, you, you do kind of everything. Ryan was always doing all the back end. I've always, I've always done the front end. Like I, I've done all the design and and most of the UI UX stuff for member space. Um, and I still do that. And I like doing that. I don't know if I ever want to stop doing that. <laughs> so, um, but for sure, my role has changed in terms of, yeah, you got to manage people to an extent. I mean, like I said before, we're, we're fans of the 37 signal base camp guys, Jason Freed and DHH. So like if anyone's read their work, um, rework, or does it have to be crazy at work? Those two books, kind of guide a lot of our philosophy in terms of we don't have a lot of meetings we don't have a lot of we don't have like processes just to have it you know yeah. um we're meetings definitely just like meetings for the sake of meetings yeah yeah like we definitely we definitely have a lot of systems that are and we're systems oriented for sure like that's at least how i am so um but yeah i mean you know i do one-to-ones with the team there's definitely some hr stuff in terms of onboarding but it's not crazy you know i'd say it's like maybe 15 percent of my time you yeah. know and then just general business administration crap you know like filing your annual report you know that's another business life life admin as well. yeah that you can't avoid even if you do consulting like you know that's another 20 percent 
Uh, and then, yeah, the rest, I get to kind of just do various things in the business that I, that I like doing. I, and I yeah. still do the UI and the UX and I, I really like that stuff. And I don't, I don't know if I ever, ever want to stop doing that. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> there's always, no matter how big you get, there's always some aspects of the business that you never want to let go of. And that, but that, that, you know, I've, I'm kind of torn on that too, because I don't know if that's the smart way to do it. Like I'm not the number one UI UX person in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's lots of people that are way better than me. So I might be doing a disservice to the business by holding on to it. So I don't know. <laughs> but you could still bring in someone and still have your finger in the pie. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. To to satisfy that need, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious to know that because this almost this started so it's got such a lovely story about how you read the comments, you saw the need. I was watched a documentary about um, I don't know if you've seen Billionaire Undercover. Yeah. Uh, really great documentary. Billionaire goes undercover, starts again from zero with a hundred dollars in his pocket, makes it within 90 days. His, his goal is to make a million dollar company, right? Uh, really fascinating because he does a lot of straight to camera talking and it doesn't, and it, it seems super genuine, uh, but he's all about talking about, you know, you find the buyer first, which is exactly what you did when you were reading those forums, you were looking at those comments. What I'm really curious to know is, are you still connected to the, audience of member space so do you still have conversations with your with your users so you know what's going on you know what they need in that sense yeah uh i'm a little crazy about that stuff <laughs> so uh i've i do about two or so uh live call zoom calls with customers and or prospects every day so amazing and each call has you know up to two different people on it uh so mm -hmm. it's all talked on at most four sometimes five people a day uh, about member space and do that every day. So I've done at this point over 5,000 of those wow. calls. Uh, what's, so yeah, what's your I, biggest takeaway from those calls? Not like a specific takeaway, but from just showing up, speaking to four or five users every day, what does that as a founder give you? I mean, a lot of things. I, I like to repurpose a lot of it, so it's not just I answer your questions and then that's it. <laughs> it's yeah. I use it as uh, you know product research, user testing. Like some people need help setting up, some people have general questions, some people are confused about what the product does, some people are have questions about pricing. So like, it, it allows you to see kind of the full three hundred and sixty of the business from lots of different yeah. perspectives and where things aren't clear where it could be sharper, where it's maybe, maybe this experience is a little clunky mm -hmm. and you just kind of can see that and hear it from people in their own words, uh, which is different than if they just, they write it somewhere or they don't yeah. say it at all because no one's talking yeah. to them about it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, there's very few founders that I've spoken to and I've spoken to a lot of founders that have such a, like that sort of connection to their, to their users. Was yeah. that, was that something that, you desired to do is that something you read about and you thought hey that's a really good idea i'm going to bring that on board or was it sort of an instinctual thing for you i'd say a little bit of every of all that i mean i definitely read you know stay close to the customer and like mm -hmm. you should be talking to your people every day like that that's all kind of relatively it's kind of common sense right with business yeah. uh for, implementing for, it for hope anyway yeah i mean ex implementing it and actually doing it is a different thing yeah, like exactly. i come from a sales background i used to actually do like enterprise software sales um mm -hmm. before i started consulting so i have that background so i'm not like worried about talking to people i don't get like yeah. scared about criticism or getting you know because i'm used to getting rejected in sales so <laughs> um the we that, know not, that kind of worms don't worry yeah. Um, not everyone has that same background or feels that comfortable because um, it is a little vulnerable. Like 
yeah. people will sometimes be like, uh, the software doesn't make any sense to me. And then I have to kind of get them to be happy at the end. And they always are. And then it's, it ends in a good way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's something that I knew you should stay close. And I always did that. Like when we first started, I would do support and I mm -hmm. actually would text like manually text every single person that signed up and just kind of wow. see if they need help they thought i was a robot which is always i always got funny text back <laughs> you um, just reply that they reply stop yeah i got that a lot i was like it, it's a real person but it's all good i'll stop texting you um <laughs> and uh and now and then eventually that didn't scale once we got to you know certain certain size and yeah. so then i had people book calls with me and event phone calls and then eventually i was like why don't we just do zoom and be more like intimate more personal mm -hmm. i could share a screen and so then we started doing zoom calls now that's what i've been doing for a couple of years now um and yeah i i just think it's something that i always want to do i, I think it's important to talk to your people like these yeah. are the people that are going to pay you or potentially pay you money like what could be a better use of your time than talking mm -hmm. to those people like it's like like obviously that's who you should talk to now should you do 10 calls all day and that's all you do every day like obviously not you'll get burned out and you're not getting anything else done but to me it, it seems crazy to not talk to prospects or customers at least every week like yeah. even if you're like super shy and you're, you're not comfortable doing this i'd at least try to have like one day a week where you just do it and talk to at least one person and then yeah. try to expand on that um, i don't think there's anything that could be a better use of your time than that no, totally agree. Uh, let's let's talk about the future then. What what's your next plans for member space? What have you guys got up your sleeves, uh, and where do you want this to go? Yeah, so we've come a long way since the Squarespace days. Now we're available everywhere: WordPress, Webflow, Wix, Weebly, Duda, even custom HTML. So we want to keep expanding to more and more website platforms. Like mm -hmm. we technically work on any website platform, but we want to have our support trained. We want to have platform specific help docs. All those kind of little nuances to make yeah. it a good experience because that's again we're all about e ease of use and flexibility and good support so we want to you want to really do that not just oh we're available everywhere and just try to market it everywhere possible um so yeah keep keep doing that we want to keep being available for more and more business use cases because memberships is complicated <laughs> like the idea of a membership on its face might be like simple like oh yeah you just charge 50 bucks a month for access to three pages on your site but then it's mm -hmm. it gets so much more nuanced like are there free trials is there a billing date what if you want to drip out content how do i how do i set up zaps uh when someone cancels like it, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier with more and more yeah. different kinds of business models so we want to be we want to be able to be useful for people at various sizes whether they're just starting or whether they have multi-million dollar businesses which we have customers that are, that are like that um, we want to be able to work for all of those people and work well. So not just, oh yeah, technically you can do it. It's like, no, no, you can do it at scale and it's great. Like that's, yeah. that's the goal. And that takes a while to get to, but that's what we're working towards. How did it feel as a founder again, when you got that, you know, when those multi-million dollar companies started signing up to member space, must've been quite a surreal moment. I mean, it was cool and I, I didn't even notice it at first because like <laughs> it wasn't until like I talked to them either on, on a Zoom. Like I've spoken to almost all of our customers, um, yeah. maybe thousands of customers uh, because of the Zoom calls. Um, and so a lot of them, I don't even know that they're big or anything until I get on a call with them or they run into support. And then we look at their account. It's like, holy crap, you have like 20,000 members. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. And then it's like, oh, I guess they're pretty big. Um, but yeah, it felt cool. And especially that it was working. Like people would be like, yeah. we had a great launch everything went well. I was like, awesome. Like we built this and it actually works at, at scale. Like that's the first, the first few customers, 
you know, you're a little like, I think it should work. And then it actually does. And then now we know it will. Um, yeah, it was scary at first, but now it's like, yeah, it's exciting. It's cool. Like we want to, we want to keep being a way for people to actually make real money, not just tinkering mm -hmm. around like that. That's what we're for is most of the people that use us are actually making money. Like these, yeah. these aren't just like people trying to tinker around with different business ideas. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, one of my final questions is, you know, you must have seen so many membership sites, obviously, and it seems that people, like you said earlier, people really want membership sites. Every month, more and more people are creating membership sites. For you, what would you say if someone said to you, listen, Ward, I want to make a membership site, but from your experience, what are the key things that a membership site should have to make the to make their offer compelling enough? Yeah, I mean... It obviously depends on what stage you're at, but let's just assume it's, you're going to be launching. Um, sure. so if we're at that, if we're at that stage, um, I'd say the biggest thing is making it simple in terms of the pricing, right? A lot of people overthink their pricing way over complicated with like, you know, five day free trial. Then there's a sign up fee. And then three months later, the price changes. And it's just like, stop overthinking it, like <laughs> make it really simple, you know, um, either one plan for a flat monthly price or some kind of lifetime plan. Or, or an annual plan, like pick one of those three. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do more than one plan when you first launch, just to keep yeah. things super simple for you and your customers. And the reason being is because things are going to change. You're going to change the business model. You're going to change the price and you're going to add tiers probably, but start simple. This way you don't have to have too many variables to tinker with. Um, aside from that, or to carry that analogy further, when you, when people are actually in the membership and viewing the content, keep it simple. Don't overwhelm people. I think a lot of folks think, oh, if I have a membership. That must mean I need to have tons and tons of content. I need to have pages and pages and pages. And every week I need new, new content. And that's not true. You need to think about why is someone joining their membership? They're not doing it because they love reading PDFs. They're, they're joining it because they're trying to accomplish a specific goal. So if you're a nutrition coach, their goal is that they want to get healthier, maybe lose weight, uh, you know, maybe get their cholesterol down. I don't know, whatever. But whatever their goal is, that should be the focus of the membership. And that doesn't necessarily mean you need more videos to, to help them accomplish that goal or more PDFs or more pages or more blog posts. Think, talk to your people. Gets back to the same thing. I was like, talk to your people, find out what you're doing that's helping them and what you're not doing or what they need help with and make that content. Don't just make content for content's sake. That's not helpful. And actually, it can be hurt. It can hurt you. Like if people have too much content, it overwhelms your members. They, they can get anxiety from thinking, oh, I'm not taking advantage of this or I, I'm a failure and then they cancel. So it, it, you got to be careful with that. Um, and then the third major thing I would say that we've seen correlates well with successful memberships is some kind of community. Um, obviously, uh, in June of 2020, uh, having in-person community is a little uh, of a dicey affair at the moment. Uh, hopefully that won't be for too much longer, but um, online communities are big and that's where people, that's kind of the only option right now. So, um, having some kind of strong online community, Facebook groups is, is an easy one to start with, but yep. there's other tools out there, uh, like moot, M U U T.com, which is a forum, things like circle circle.so, uh, which is another kind of like community forum, things like these are tools that we integrate with, by the way, mm -hmm. in member space. Um, but they're great because it allows your, your people to talk with each other have deep discussions uh, and, you know, meaningfully interact. And that's a big part of it because um, that alone could be why someone stays a member. It may, they might not even care about the PDFs and the videos. It's just, I just stay because I like the community. You know, I like yeah. talking to Steven, like he's awesome. And that's why I'm paying the monthly fee. And that, that that's a great way to kind of retain people 
uh, and also stay stay in touch with them about what they want yeah. what they need 100 percent. those those are amazing bits of advice and already i'm thinking for my own membership bit i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna add some of that <laughs> add a little sure. bit of that juice uh but listen ward thank you so much for coming on founders 365 uh, my final question is how do people sign up to member space what what is the easiest way for them to do that yeah just go to memberspace.com it's all there free 14 day trial right yeah and uh, honestly we are happy to extend it if you need more time like we just we say 14 days but at any time just let our team know and we're happy to give you more time you are a gent and uh honestly i think you're one of the the first founders that i've spoken to that really cares about their customer in this unique way that you're spending so much time with them and this obviously reflects in your business and the growth that you guys have had over the last four or five years uh, so congratulations on that kudos on that and uh it really shows your values which is something i always commend thanks Stephen. thank you so much for coming on and thanks everyone for watching and listening this has been founders 365